It was International Women's Day. Uh, Apple TV released a documentary uh, on Billie Eilish. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was it was very well done. Watched it with the kids. Uh, called the world is a little blurry, um, and uh, we're gonna go out to a Billie Eilish song today. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. And here are your hosts. Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is March 9th, 7 p.m. That's every time we go live Tuesday nights. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brock Fleming. Across from me and the screen and across from me from the border of Ontario and Quebec is my co-host, Pierre Cariotti. How you doing, Pep? <laughs> I'm good, man. Thanks I feel like I should have yeah, had more music there or something. I don't know. <laughs> You know what it is? It's it's all the the wrestling music that you keep getting me to put in here for the sound bites that gets me like, can you smell? All right. <clears throat> What's new, bud? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Um, vaccinations seem to be underway at the hospital, so I'm uh, I'm hoping to get back to uh, back to work sometime in the next three or four months, hopefully, um, which is perfect timing. So. In the meantime, I'm taking some courses and keeping my license uh, up to date and, uh, you know, trying to keep busy. Good. Um, yeah, you'll have to yeah. let me know. I don't know if you're on the priority list uh, because of where you work from a, a vaccination standpoint, but uh, I'm sure you'll get yours prior to me. So I'm um, curious to see how that goes. Yeah, I, I'll let you know. I, I don't know that we haven't really spoken about the businesses in the hospital and where they rank in terms of priority, but... I'm yeah. sure the doctors and nurses, are, I mean, I already know like at least 20, 20 or 25 people, all different jobs who've been vaccinated in the hospital. So that's a good sign. Yeah, good. Um, well, we're going to start uh, with a bit of somber news. Uh, yeah. Last little while, there's been uh, obviously some unfortunate passings. Um, mm. A big one being uh, Walter Gretzky, the father of Wayne, uh, who passed away. He's kind of a national personality Um you know, the epitome of a hockey dad or what a hockey dad should be, um, but also what a uh, just a human being should be. Like, he just mm -hmm. seemed to be the, the nicest person. And it was televised. The, the wake was – or the funeral was televised. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I've seen clips of uh, Wayne, a couple stories that he had uh, on Walter and stuff too. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was a, a fairly large impact. Um, we also lost uh, Chris Schultz who was a TSN analyst uh, for football, CFL, NFL, played in the leagues. Big guy. I met him a couple times when I was playing for uh, Ottawa U. He did uh, the sideline reporting for a couple of our playoff games against McMaster and stuff, and we had a, um, some, some words after the game, just kind of, you know, touching base, and, and he introduced himself, and, you know, I had a lot of, qu lot of questions, um, you know, to me, and um, he was just a probably – you know, a handful of guys that I could look at eye to eye um, and have those kind of conversations. And I knew he understood me and where I was coming from. Um, so that one, I got to say, kind of hit home for me. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's uh, um, I, w I would be lying if I wasn't concerned, uh, you know, when I hear stuff like that um, of big guys going early. Um you know, I, I used to make the joke when I was younger about, you know, big, the big breeds, like big dog breeds don't last as long as the smaller ones. And, 
you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. So it kind of puts some things into perspective for me. Mm. Uh, and then uh, the passing of Real Cormier, who uh, at 53, um, you know, is a, is a national baseball, um, I don't know if you'd use, ter- use the term icon or not, but uh, somebody who had a, a very large impact on the Canadian baseball landscape. Oh, yeah. Um, Real Cormier? Yeah. For sure, man. You think about Real Cormier, you think about Matt Stairs, you think about uh, Stubby Clap and guys... Guys like Cormier opened the door for what we're seeing now, Canadian players uh, succeeding in baseball. That's sad. He was 53, 53. and he reminds us all that, uh, you know, like, of course, uh, Schultz with with, uh, his heart attack and Real Cormier dying of, uh, I think he had pancreatic cancer. That's right. It kind of puts everything back into perspective, and this whole COVID situation has been really hard on all of us. But still, I mean, we have to keep in mind that the, the, the... number one causes of death in, in Canada is cancer and heart disease. So, you know, imagine living with both and having to worry about COVID. It's been really difficult on these people. So that's, that was sad. That, that, uh, that 53 is very young and, uh, you know, Real 61 is young, teams. but yeah, yeah, oh, yeah 53 no is, is young. 61 is just as young. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I wanted to take a, a quick moment too to, uh, send my thoughts and prayers to uh, a good friend of my dad's, uh, a good family friend, a guy that uh, you know I've known since I was a kid because of the relationship that he has with my father uh, and my father's best friend Johnny, who it's his brother. Um, anyway, he's going through some uh, some stuff right now that's fairly serious. Oh and it's, no! Uh, again, it puts things into perspective pretty quickly, and um, yeah. you know I I don't wish it on anybody. Um, and, uh, anyway, my thoughts and prayers go out to him. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to say the name at this point, but, uh, just, he knows we're, we're thinking about him. Um, switching the page to a little bit brighter, uh, stuff. Uh, it's March 9th, which means tomorrow is my wife, Angela's birthday. So happy birthday to, uh, and I guess maybe it's an air horn. I don't know, but. We're going to celebrate her birthday tomorrow as best we can. Happy 26th. 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 All right. Also, and just Mike's uh, sister, too. So I know that Mike wanted to send that out, I'm sure. Awesome. <laughs> uh, International Women's Day was yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, you know, I watched a lot of, um, you know, there's a, uh, what's the engraved on a nation, I think is the TSN series where yeah, they, they have series. some stuff. And I was watching mm-hmm. you know, the story of a girl who's going to swim across Lake Ontario and, and it was all women focused uh, over the last few days. And it was, it was quite good. And I wanted to ask you just again, sort of off the cuff, like who are your favorite female athletes of all time? I really only have one. Um, Martina Navratilova. I watched her growing up uh, as a tennis player. I used to cheer for her because I did. I hated Chris Everett. <laughs> Not hate. I just didn't. I just. Well, I disliked Chris. There's a quarterback for the Rams, right? <laughs> hey, I should play that Jim uh, Rome clip. Yeah. <laughs> Call me Chris got, one more um, time. And then there was uh, who was the other one? Monica Sellis. Sort Monica Sellis. Mar- I, I really like Steffi Graf, but uh, Martina was my is my favorite. And you know who was. Growing up, who I really, uh, who I idolized, who wasn't necessarily uh, popular, but my sister, my sister Joss was a hell of an athlete. Um, she played, she probably could have played university basketball, but she went into the government right after, right after university. And uh, yeah, she was, I mean, she, at Sejep, she averaged 20 and 10. And uh, I remember going to watch and my sister dominated. She was, 
she was really good. So, but I'd say Martina would be my uh, my all-time fave. You? I, th- I found it fairly hard. I started mismaking a mm-hmm. list of uh, female athletes that I enjoyed watching, uh, following, and and some that I mean, Serena Williams is you know arguably one of the best female athletes kind of ever. Oh, your favorite? No. But yeah. she's she's up th- again. A lot of it's it's Canadian, right? So ones like Haley Wickenheiser, you know, that's mm-hmm. a that's a a name for me. Um, Christine Saint Clair lately was soccer. Oh um, yes, yes, okay, yeah, I like Christine Saint Clair a lot. You know, Steffi Graf was even though Serena was a tennis. Steffi Graf was the you know the dominant woman tennis player when I was watching, and and then she ended up marrying Andre Agassi, who was my favorite tennis player to watch. So I you know I used to watch uh, you know those two. Um, Manon Rayom, without any other explanation. I mean, she played goalie in the NHL in a couple exhibition games. Um, you know, followed her career. Ronda Rousey, Danica Patrick, and uh, and then Stacy Dales, so more recently than not, because I played with her brother Burke, and so I really followed her career through college, and then uh, some of the uh, the the female professional WNBA, and then her sort of reporting career, but. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's it's amazing to see. I don't have one favorite. I can't say there's one favorite. I'd say Wickenhauser's probably up there because of the um, the sheer like national enjoyment and support from the hockey because it's a hockey thing. It's a Canadian mm-hmm. thing. It's you know, it's always Canada versus the U.S. And um, you know, for her to play uh, men's professional hockey after two is is like at a high level it is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on from that. You want to pay bills now or you want to start with uh, Dak? You know what? It's early. Let's pay a bill. Let's, Let's pay some bills so we can have some money for the rest of the show. <laughs> All right, I'll do the first one. Oh, I'm using the money one. All right, today's show is brought to you by Kentrip Real Estate. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing in real estate, experience and effort where it counts the most. You can trust Ken Tripp for all your real estate needs. Again, we can't tell you if you, if you need anything in terms of real estate, buying a house, selling a house, whatever, reach out to Kenny and let him know that uh, we sent you and he'll hook you up as best he can. Yeah. Uh, I stole your uh, your music on that. Sorry, bud. <laughs> That's all right. No problem. <laughs> I'll get the, the calm, soothing uh, ocean waves for my, uh, for my segment later on. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's getting a lot of put, a lot of uh, publicity today, good and bad. I guess he signed a huge contract, four years, 160 mil. He's one of, uh, I think, only four quarterbacks. Now that Ben Roethlisberger had uh, restructured his contract, um, he's only in this 12 or 15 million dollar range now this year. Uh, but there's only three other guys making 35 or 40 mil. Uh, Mahomes, I believe, is one. Russell Mahomes, Wilson. Watson. Mahomes, Watson, and Wilson, I think. So he's in pretty uh, pretty elite company. You know. I forgot his entry song. You told, you told me to get this song, but then I just played the money song for Ken you, Tripps early, and then I screwed it up. Uh, well, you know what? This, 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 Here yeah. we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. It's the hey. best part of wrestling. I'll give you that. That's the only thing. Are <laughs> the these? And yeah, this is the one. We'll save this. Forget it. Forget the other one. This is the the song we're going to use for love it money related issues. Yeah. And Dak got paid. 
Did you know, did you hear that, where uh, Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys for $150 million? Mm-hmm. And now he's paying Dak Prescott, one player, $160 million <laughs> to see where that has gone. Well, we've and, come a uh, long way since 1989. Does he deserve it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, like uh, initially when I, when I heard about Dak and his request, I thought, wow, this guy's out to lunch. But if you compare it, and I was having a chat with somebody today about you compare it just, just in his division alone, he's in a class of his own. We don't even know who's Washington's going to put under center. I don't think Daniel Jones is there yet. I called him David Jones in a, in a thread. I, we don't know where Daniel Jones is. Shout out to David and Jones. I went to high school with David Jones. David anyway, Jones, yeah. And, uh, and um, Jalen Hurts. Those are, that's just your division. So if you're just going to deal with his division, yeah, he deserves the money. And then you think about the, the NFC. I mean, I put him ahead of guys like Goff and Stafford. I mean, he's, he's 42 and 27 career. His worst season was eight and eight, and he threw for 5,000 yards that season. So, I mean, the guy, the guy is what we look for in a quarterback in today's NFL. He's mobile. He's agile. You can roll him out of the pocket. You can drop him, keep him in the pocket. He can scramble. Um, he does play action well. Like I mean, he's kind of everything you, you want. And he supplanted Tony Romo when Romo was was still playing. So you know, that he's had a good four year span. He's had a one year where he was thirteen and three. That's the market. And the worst thing that ha- that this has caused is probably the quarterback market's going to go crazy. And I think the Buffalo Bills are in trouble. I mean, they're going to have to pony up some serious dough for Josh Allen if Dak Prescott's getting one hundred and sixty mil. Well, look, I think, to be honest, I think Dak's injury was probably, from a bank account standpoint, the best thing that happened to him. How do you, I, I don't Because the Cowboys, I mean, they've franchised them multiple times. I think there were some issues on, you know, was he worth the money? Was he not worth the money? Um, all that kind of stuff. When his injury happened, the Cowboys were thrown into the, this is life without Dak. So what are you going to do? Yeah, you can go and get other players and stuff. That's fine. But you're going to be paying, if you want somebody at that caliber, you could be paying that much anyway. But they can see mm-hmm. what happens when they don't have a Dak Prescott under center. And I think his value, the awareness of his value was really shown through the injury. The fact that he, they were pulled out. Otherwise, you're just... You're, you're speculating to say, you know what, I think somebody else can do it better. Maybe there's somebody else out there. Maybe we're not as bad if we, you know, anybody can go in and do it. It showed you cannot be in a, uh, an effective offense in Dallas without a, a, a good quarterback. And Dak Prescott mm-hmm. knows your system, fits in fairly well, um, and deserves it. Is it $40 million? But, I mean, it's got to be close. The thing that they, fr- they franchised them, I think, twice before. So... Mm-hmm. It's almost like, okay, you owe the guy at this point. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy he got paid, um, but I think, he's, I think he is worth it. I think he's going to show. And, and they're saying, like, this is just a start because after four years, he's going to be 31, I think, and the big nope. new TV deal is going to be out, which means that the revenues are going to be sky high, which means that contracts are just going to go up even higher. So he's probably mm-hmm. going to, as long as he produces for the next four years, his next contract is going to be even bigger. And you know, I look at a guy like him. I think from a, from a skill set position, or uh, the players that surround him, they're highly overrated. They've had a really, really good offensive line for a long time, and that offensive line was depleted last season, and it showed. And it was depleted the season before, and it showed. But I think guys like I think Amari Cooper's uh, is overrated. I think Gallup is good. 
Uh, I think the rookie that they, they drafted last year will be good. But overall, they haven't replaced Jason Witten. And uh, Elliot seems uh, uh, disinterested is the wrong word. He's just not. He just doesn't have that extra gear that he had early in his career. So, you know, I think overall he's he's surrounded by guys who aren't as good as people say they are. And I think Dak Prescott's done a good job making them look good. So, you know, I don't know. I I'm surprised at how good I feel about it, this for him. I think it's because he's such a nice guy. He's done a he's done a lot for mental health awareness, and uh, I think he represents the league well. I don't think he's been a, a cancer in their locker room. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I think overall, I think he's. You know, he, he, he's good, and I think he – I say he deserves it. I think you're a little bit harsh on some of the overratedness. I think <laughs> Cooper has some, you know, hands issues sometimes, but his um, – like the he's he gets the most separation of any receiver in the league, I think, yeah. on an average. Yeah, he's just his, – his breaking is good and stuff. So I think – I think Cooper's up there. Uh, what's the kid, 88? You just – now it's – because you yeah, forget his name. his name, I forget his name. The kid out of Oklahoma – um, he's the I kid who got Jerry drafted and no, Jerry Judy's in Denver. Right. Um, I'm, I'm stalling. So Curtis can look it up, but he's the guy that took the phone away from his girlfriend when he got drafted. Remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> they get drafted. Trying. He's on the phone with the team and she grabs his phone. Like she's going to start and he like snags his back. like, not, not, not even on this. Um, Oh, it's going to kill me. That but is gonna anyway, bother me. Um, yeah, he's going to be very good. He's undersized, very fast, great hands. CC Lamb. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Yeah. Thanks. Thank Curdy. you, Curdy. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think he's got a lot of stuff. I think, you know, yes, Ezekiel Elliott is, you know, there's something missing there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say he's lack of hunger, you know, but. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> it was uh, no. <laughs> I just realized I saw myself doing. I was like, "Well, that's going to be replayed." And that's stupid. Um, no, uh, I think Pollard, their backup, is really good. Sure. And um, what's his? Uh, Ron Rico brought that up on one of his shows. He thinks that that's a guy that the Bills should go after, and he thinks that he's super talented. But I think D- Dallas keeps him for that reason, having a uh, two guys to kind of go at it. Um, and when. Zeke is kind of having a down day. You could throw Pollard in there, and he's got very high energy, you know, very big motor. Anyway, happy for Dak. I think he's going to yeah. do great. I think the Cowboy fans should be very happy that he uh, signed and is there for uh, the next four years. Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more about free agency uh, in the middle of the show here. But uh, if we have if we have a second, Kurt or Mike, I, I believe I read this just before going on air. Did uh, Zach Ertz get traded to the... Uh, Indianapolis Colts, which would make sense because Carson Wentz is there. Um, that I think that may have happened in exchange for some draft picks. If we can fact check that, that would be awesome. Um, again, Zach Ertz from the Philadelphia Eagles, tight end. That'd be pretty uh, big, actually. But yeah. don't the Colts already still have uh, Luck's old roommate there? I guess you can't have enough guys over there, eh? Hey, it's not even about yeah. the guys, but if you have chemistry with somebody and – uh, a comfortability and if that's mm-hmm. your scapegoat not your scapegoat but like your safety net from a tight yeah. end standpoint hey and you can get a zach Ertz for a couple picks you know the colts are in a position where they're pushing to uh to, to make a run you know what i mean like they're yeah. not far off nope. and the eagles you know are so you know they might be looking to uh to get out and go Curtis says there's nothing. It's just official. Uh, it's rumors right now. Well, there's some big name tight ends. That Hunter Henry uh, was not franchise tagged by uh, by the uh, Chargers. Los, 
I never San Diego. I don't care. They're San Diego to me. And uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph, who, you know, a 10-year vet. That's a long time to be playing tight end. But his game really hasn't dropped off that much. So there's some big-name tight ends out there. And I know uh, my Steelers are, uh, as we as we stand now, to date, only have Eric Ebron on the roster. So they'll be either – they'll probably make a splash in free agency for a tight end like they usually do. Um Unless they draft somebody, but they have a lot of draft needs. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Congratulations to Dak Prescott. I'm happy for him. All right. What do you got next? The we UC the hot UC. takes. This is you, man. This is the NBA All-Star game. Yeah. Did you waste <laughs> any of your time watching this? You know what I want? Because I like the way they condensed it, right? Usually the All-Star game is spread out through Friday night. You'll have like a celebrity game intermixed with uh, some players. You'll have celebrities. And they'll play, and that's kind of entertaining because they're actually trying. Uh, Bieber's pretty good, by the way. And then you've got the Saturday is usually the dunk contest and the three-point contest, and then Sunday is the game. And they spread it out. Usually the host city has an opportunity to make some money, right? Um, so who is the unnamed Facebook commenter? I didn't mean to be writing that to you. I'm asking Mike oh. who the unnamed Facebook commenter <laughs> oh, is. I thought that was Kurt writing that. You pay attention to the script. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, whenever they're like hockey, whenever there's a host city, um, it's a, there's a lot of money. You know, you're drawing millions of people to your city um, and a lot of attention. So, I, I, I don't... I really like the condensed version that they did this year. They put all, all the events in one day. And it was so they had, I guess, the three-point contest, the skills competition where it's like a chess pass and a zigzag dribble through some, uh, through some cones. It really is cheesy because they travel and they carry the ball. But whatever, it's something to watch. So it's realistic. Then, <laughs> so it's realistic, exactly. And then, uh, and then they had the dunk contest at halftime of the, uh, of the actual basketball game. Three-point contest was awesome. It, number one, all the best shooters were it, were taking part in it, so that was awesome. Uh, Curry won on his last shot, which was really cool. Um, would I watch the three point contest uh, again? Yeah, I think it's the only event that sort of has still has some entertainment uh, value. Didn't they add? So I saw the Steph Curry three point shot. I saw that. Yeah. That was it. Um, did they have like two balls that were like in a four point range or something like further back? Yeah, so they have you have your one your one point ball, which is the regular basketball. Then you've got your money ball at the end of each rack. Then they've got a rack you can place in whatever spot you want. All money balls, so they're all worth two. And then they put these three point balls, um, I guess like what four or five feet beyond uh, the actual three point line, and they're green. So those were worth three. Uh, Mike Ferreira says, "Don't they travail during the season?" <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they basketball players. Yeah, yeah, basketball players. They work. That's their job. They <laughs> travel the whole season. And uh, that's amazing. I think he meant travel. I think he meant travel. Um, so yeah, that it w- was it good. I thought the uh, three point contest was good. Got to put in. <laughs> Got to yeah, put in the fight to win. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> we got comedies in the back room here. All right. Um, the game itself was awful. I mean, awful. No defense. Of course, right? You, you're, you're playing never any defense. What was the final the score? It was 170 to 150. <laughs> and Tutacumpo <laughs> was 16 for 16. So that tells you all you need to know, right? The guy's not a great shooter. For him to go uh, 100% from the field tells you all you need to know about the defense. And there was a span right before the, set, the, the first half ended where 
Damian Lillard and Steph Curry took four consecutive half court shots. I mean, come on. Like, like you and I would do that at the YMCA or like, it was just as a, as a basketball fan, it's not what you want to see. Just scrap the game. It's useless. You know, uh, it, is it exciting for kids? Maybe, maybe there's an uh, entertainment value for kids. Get the Harlem Globetrotters out there for Christ's sakes. Like, I'm I mean, just going to say, I'm like, put the Globetrotters know, out there the against Globetrotters a couple NBAs there. or whatever. But the kids, kids, I mean, unless you're loaded, kids can't afford to be at the All-Star game generally anyway. And if there's limited tickets, which I believe there was this year, right? Yeah. means that the value of these tickets are through the roof too. So there's no kids going to this kind of stuff. It's it's embarrassing to a point. No. There's no Raptors in this one, I believe, right? Uh, No, there were no Raptors. But there was, I mean, it didn't matter who was in. It. it was all threes. Well, so I'm just saying like it's... <laughs> It's probably better. Like the guys that, you know, Van Vliet and some of them were talking about, oh, it would have been nice to be an all-star and, and go. I got to say, it's probably better you don't. Exactly. Take the rest, visit your family, whatever it is. But just from a COVID standpoint, even like why are you having the all-star game where you're having such a mix of players in the same locker room? It's not even like the team's bubble anymore. Now you're taking peeps from H1. So you take one guy and all of a sudden your whole league is contaminated, let's say. It was and then solely what? sponsorship. They had deals in place, Gatorade, whatever, whoever else sponsors, you know, the NBA. That's their weekend to make all their money. So it showed. I mean, I, I graded every event. I, the three-point contest I thought was an A+. Plus. It was really, really good. Best shooters, and it was exciting. The dunk contest, Brock, there were two guys I never heard of. And you know me, right? I'm, I'm pretty good with names, especially yeah. in the NBA. Two guys I never heard of, and Obi Toppin, who... Um, uh, I mean, he's a decent rookie for the New York Knicks. Does Zion, Zion didn't play? It didn't, uh, Zion try? didn't do it. No, it was Cassius Stanley. And Kenny Smith kept calling him Cassius Clay. Nice. Space Jam, baby. Uh, so, yeah, Kenny Smith kept calling him Cassius Clay. He's not Muhammad Ali. Uh, the other dude was Anthony Simons, named after Penny Hardaway, Anthony. But, again, they called him Simmons. They kept calling him Simmons, so they mispronounced him. Ernie Johnson had to come on and say it's Simons, boys. Like... You know, the whole thing, and it seemed rushed. It was, it just is just awful. So, <clears throat> anyways, um, I'll give the dunk contest an, a giant F because I've seen all the dunks. You could take, you could probably guess, and you can envision what the dunks were, Brock, if you didn't watch it, right? What, what do you think one of the dunks was? Um, something through the legs. Through the legs, like, jumping over something or somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um, they tried all that. I don't know. Toppin took his... Obi Toppin took his dad out of the crowd, put him underneath the basket, jumped and jumped over him and dunked on him. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, okay, it's a nice moment, it's your dad and all that, but like we've seen it all. So the okay, on that go, note though, mm-hmm. I will say that the clip that you put out that had friggin' uh, Abdul Jabbar and whoever was <laughs> doing the dunk contest with that was like Barbier, uh, Barbier, yeah, okay. You put on that stuff. If you look at that and you say where they are now, there are like it's black and white (laughs) from where we were at one point because that's it's not even. I I couldn't. It it was cringeworthy of just like how is this even possible? Like athletes can't be getting physically that much better so fast in such a short amount of time, realistically speaking. But like these are. You know what I mean? High school kids are doing these these dunks that they were doing in the in the dunk contest back then. Anyway, where they've come, that's fine. But again, there is a limit as to what you what you can do in the dunk contest. They should move the net up to like eleven feet or something, something like that. Like the kid who won it, Simons, 
I mean, his last dunk, he was uh, he pretended to kiss the rim. That's how high he was. He didn't get to the rim, but he pretended to kiss the rim. That was, I mean, that's incredible how high you got to get to do mm. that. So, I mean, it's pretty wild. It's just the dunks are boring. And uh, I don't know. Hey. I just the whole that whole game in the dunk contest could I could have could have done away with but the, the rest was pretty pretty okay the i'd say it sounds like it was a waste of time yep and the only thing that was probably more waste of time was you grading each event <laughs> <laughs> i that's, i feel that's my job buddy. that's my job you're on pain meds right so everything's loopy and whatever so i get it that's my job um another hot take I, this happened a couple days ago and there was you know there was some debate as to whether it was illegal or legal but tom wilson who's a who's had some uh, questionable hits throughout his career, caught uh, the Bruins defenseman, last name's Carlo, caught him in the head. Um, you know, if you break it down, our buddy Troy St. Louis, who's a, a very knowledgeable hockey man, uh, broke down clip by clip and posted it on our UC page. And uh, when the, his explanation was certainly like, you know, if you, if you read the explanation followed by the clip, I, you know, he's like, it wasn't illegal. Um, the guy put his head down, but when you watch it in quick time and then, you know, you think about the player's history, you have to wonder, um, if that had a factor in his seven game suspension, which do you, what do you think? Was it too light or too easy? Um, well, too light or too easy are both the same thing. I would say that it was, um, <laughs> too, too, sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a little harsh for the actual hit, but I mean, Wilson is a notorious offender. Um, you know, he plays on the line and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was trying to go and, and, you know, I mean, he's going to cause an injury or pain on the player, you know, make sure that he is aware of where he is. So he doesn't make the, uh, or he thinks about the next pass. That's what they do. That's why there is contact. His History is why there's a seven-game suspension. Uh, I don't know what happened. The kids skated off, okay, so oftentimes I find the suspension matches also or is affected by how long that other player is out for. So I don't know how long this kid was out for, but if he has a concussion and he's you know out for a week or so, I think that plays into it as well. I think Wilson actually had a face-to-face with Toronto with the suspension board did, yeah. uh, or the disciplinary board. So um, that's never great, like especially in COVID where everything's uh, remote and they're saying, nah, we're going to do face-to-face right now. Um, you, you knew something was kind of coming down for that. But um, I, I would agree with Troy. Like when I saw it, it was, you know, it's kind of a bang-bang play. It's the same stuff with football and the, the – yeah the targeting and stuff and like stuff happens so fast in those games. Mm-hmm. And if you slow it down, yeah, you know, he made contact with the head, but when you're going, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour, whether you're on skates or if you're running at each other, like that speed is equivalent. It's just almost impossible to avoid some of those collisions uh, without um, sacrificing your level of play. If that makes sense, like unless as a safety in football, you're going to let the guy catch the ball before he before he gets hit, then you're taking that. Like Ed Reed would never survive, Sean Taylor would never survive in this kind of league with those kind of things. They would never be those same players if you had to if you took out or they had to like question a hit before they made a hit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just think it's it's a little unfair, especially given today's uh, replay stuff. Guys can get nabbed for that in a heartbeat. Sure. But I think that's the same thing that happened with Wilson's hit. 
It's tough. I mean, it. I wouldn't want to be a referee in either league. And speaking of, we'll talk about that next week. But, Funny, yeah. Um, you bring that up. We want to talk about uh, yeah. referees and and hockey and uh, the abuse they take and what they got to deal with and stuff too. And we'll deal with that. When next you're week. trying to eliminate something from a game, and f- like you mentioned, football and hockey. I mean, hockey did a good job eliminating all the stick work for a couple of years because if you brought your stick up even halfway up and touched a guy, you were getting a two-minute minor, and now you'd barely see it. So I think they're in the same boat as football, you know, with with head trauma and, you know, post-career, some of the issues that some of these guys are having. The only way to get rid of it is to to penalize it and penalize it harshly. And I'm not not suggesting I'm for it or against it. I mean, hockey's so so fast, football's so fast. I find uh, a 15-yard misconduct penalty in football, uh, it's not a misconduct, unsportsmanlike, uh, has way more of an effect in a two-minute headshot power play, I find. So, you know. Good. I guess, you know, scenario of the game for sure. Yeah. Hey, you didn't tell me. We're talking. We're I'm bashing the NBA and their their dunk contests, and I just find out that some guy put a cape on. Are you telling me that there was a cape in the dunk contest? Well, that's. No, that's, that's, that's Dwight a whole, Howard from a few years ago. Whole other level. Um, follow up, uh, Josh Sadam put out, I believe it's Josh, uh, that there needs to be an incentive for the NBA for the East West. Um, so you got to win something and get rid of these captain picks and then, uh, and then go there. I'm having I, something, I, if you're going to do it and be competitive, like the baseball used to be, you know, whoever wins would host the world series. Like, mm-hmm. um, and that was a big deal from an, uh, NL to AL, especially, from an AL standpoint, you got guys that don't hit all year, and now they got to go into ballparks and and hit as a pitcher. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they, what do you think an incentive of some sort would make the game any more interesting? I don't. I and I like the idea. That's been brought up a thousand times, and you know, I think it's. Uh, I think there's merit to the to the thought, but I don't think it'll make a difference at this point. These guys don't want to get hurt. They got careers to worry about. They got their, their teams are worried about them getting hurt. You're just not going to, especially in the NBA, you're just not going to see them. Uh, you're just not going to see them work that hard. I mean, it's just, it's, they're not going to do it. It's not a game to mean anything. And if it, let's say it, what was, what's the most they could do offer than uh, other than offer more money. Your, your conference hosts has a, has home field advantage. I, I just don't, I just don't see anything making a difference at this point other than scrapping the game altogether. And, and, uh, maybe that was have Trevor some more Boyd. Sorry. That was Trevor Boyd. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, good question, Trev. I, I don't. I just really don't. And I don't see the. I don't see it in hockey, and I don't see it in uh, uh, football. I think the. Uh, I think football is just a stupid idea. I mean, football is such a rugged game, and you put in guys, you're asking them to play fifty percent. What's the point? Just put flags on them and have. I'd rather watch an, uh, a competitive flag football game than guys just put on their pads and just for the sake of putting on their pads. So. Yeah, I think there's a punter for the Buffalo Bills that might echo that, <laughs> that oh, sentiment. Taylor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Best play I've Blow seen in a up. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, so I think, I think we're, we both agree that uh, the hit, uh, the player's history certainly had an effect on his suspension. Um, NFL free agency is kicking, is sort of underway, and, you know, Teams are making decisions on guys, whether to franchise tag them. And for those of uh, you who don't know what that means, every team is, has a designated franchise tag they can use on a player if they don't want to lose them in free agency. And it, the, you'll franchise tag them, and the market will dictate what they'll get for a year. And the player really has no say. I mean, you're It's an average tag. of the top uh, – is it top five or top – Of your position. Ten mm-hmm. of your – so the highest paid players 
of your position, top five right. or 10, whatever it is, it's uh, an average of those top salaries that you get paid. And 10 seems to be a lot. Uh, so it must be like a five or something. Yeah. And it's only for a year. So you can't franchise tag 10 guys. You can't franchise tag them for longer than a year. Um, what I found really surprising this year, Pittsburgh is not, has declared to not franchise tagging anybody. So that's how cap strapped they are. They, they can't afford to do it. Um, there's some players out there who uh, I, I put a list of three or four guys. Maybe you can add more or less if you want um, of guys who I think are going to be affordable and bring great value for what they are. And, you know, uh, they're veterans. And one of them is Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. <clears throat> if you're a team that needs a quarterback out there, a guy that will come in and play, basically he's played for every system and succeeded. Maybe done pretty well, you know. I mean, he's got a short shelf life. I think his success with every franchise he's been to um, sort of, He's got like a two-year window, and then he starts to decline a little bit. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's a good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think the he should go to Washington, to be honest. I think that's a place that I think the, that, that Fitzy would go well. He, he's like a journeyman who uh, bridges the gap between long-term quarterbacks. That's kind of how that is. Um I thought he would be a bit more of a groomer, but that's more of like a McCown is kind of a groomer mm-hmm. from like a kind of a player coach mentor sort of thing. Fitzy's like a, Hey, I'm going to go in there and play and we're going to win some games if this guy's not performing. So it gives the coaches another option to say, you know what, I'm going to let this guy take a bit more time to develop or, you know, uh, take a few games off uh, from a, a, a disciplinary reason maybe, or yeah. if there's an injury or something, he can bridge that gap. Um, so I think Washington and on Washington, did it not almost break your heart when they released Alex Smith? He asked for it. So um, I think he's, he's, uh, that's good. Um, I, I really hope a team picks him up, even if it's a, a, in a backup role. Um, you know, it's good of him. It's good of them that they kept him on. I mean, I don't know the whole situation in Washington. I'm a big fan of their coaches, and I hate their their management. So there's a real gap for me between uh, who I like and who I dislike with the franchise. But, well, hey, Fitzy bridges those gaps. Yeah, for sure. And I'd like to see Fitzy. You know what? I could see Fitzy going to, going to our friend out down in Boston. There, <laughs> he'd be pretty good fit in New England right now. And uh, if they're looking for a veteran quarterback, I mean, he's well, uh, intelligent guy. You know. Intelligent guy, a chance to play on a pretty decent organization. Uh, hey. They just, you know, uh, boosted their left tackle because they traded for Trent Brown earlier today from the Raiders, uh, who I think was already with the Patriots beforehand because I think the, the Raiders got him after he was a free agent from New England and got paid big bucks, and now uh, he got traded back to uh, New England. Anyway, uh, are the Raiders yeah. just uh, are the Raiders just going to just blown it up? Like, I mean, they've did their cut. They're releasing Richie Incognito. Uh, Gabe Jackson, I believe they've released. Like, do they just not, are they just going to start from scratch and, and draft some old linemen or like, what's the deal? You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I think it could be one of those things. So you have, you know, a coach that's fairly new, you know, Gruden's what, two years in the league now, two oh years God. back. Uh, Mayock, their GM, you know, a, a college analyst. This is, you know, same time Gruden came in. Um, if you're kind of, you're, even if the team is on the cusp all the time and they're they're making strides ahead, if they're not feeling like there's more potential there or if we had a couple of pieces, we can get over that hump. If they don't feel that, then it's almost saying, okay, 
we need to basically take a step back in order to take two steps forward. So let's cut weight. I mean, these are big salaries. Trent Brown was a big salary, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so we dump some money and say, you know what? I have guys that I think are on the cusp of breaking out. Maybe they're free agents and they're, and they're overlooked or they're, um, you know, the numbers on the current team doesn't uh, work for them to be uh, in, in the lineup. And these guys are identifying talent and feel like they can do that. Then, you know, it might be a, an addition by subtraction kind of thing. Say, look, we're still moving the ship forward, but we got to kind of get rid of some of this extra weight and then, you know, build it up uh, internally. So I just feel like, and the Raiders do feel like that for me, where they're kind of like they're, they're making little improvements, but never to the point where they should be given the, the big moves they made. And I think for that, maybe they're, they're just kind of ready to uh, take a step back to go to go forward. Anyway. It must be tough to be a Raiders fan, you know, cause I, so you think they're making all the right moves, right? Maybe a youth move, like you mentioned, maybe they're going youth movement. Maybe the Gruden's got some guys that are ready to step up and take the role for a lot less money, but then they'll probably turn around tomorrow and sign 33 year old Alejandro Villanueva and overpay him and to play left tackle. And like, you just don't know what that franchise are so bizarre. It's really is a bizarre, like Al Davis has developed a culture of just bizarre signings. And, you know, Henry Ruggs, did he turn out okay last year? I mean, I don't know, not bad, but, you know, they, they have a history of drafting these speedster guys. Uh, the name slips my mind right now, but uh, he played for the Steelers for a couple of years. They drafted him first or eighth overall uh, a few years back near Jamarcus Russell. I can't remember his name, but he was just a speedster. So it's very peculiar, their system. Anyway, That's, moving again, on. Again, those are you know, different managements change and stuff, so maybe they're getting but some it's leeway. The, it's still the kids. It's Al Davis's son now that runs it, right? Uh, yeah, it is. I don't know if he makes the big, uh, they, yeah. you know, they say he flies, like he gets a jet or whatever it is and flies to this specific person who cuts his hair You're to kidding. make him look like friggin', uh, uh, what's his name from uh, dumb Casey and dumber. From... Oh, uh, uh, Jim Carrey, Jim right? Carrey. Yeah. But it was, what's his name? Lloyd Christmas, Lloyd Christmas. From and you're like, I want the Lloyd Christmas, but I'm gonna fly across the country to do this. Like, it's insane that hey. he, somebody lets him get away with this. And Trent Brown was with the Patriots back in 2018. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Uh, okay, my second, my second value, great value purchase. If you're a team looking for a running back, is James White. And uh, I like James White because he's got great hands. Uh, you know, it uh, seems to me that uh, that's. Um, a highly valuable asset in today's NFL is being able to catch the ball from the uh, out of the backfield. It always has been, but even more so now. Uh, and, he's, and he runs the ball effectively. He's a north-south runner, doesn't mess around. Yeah. Um, former NFL Super Bowl MVP, I think. he won the, Did he win the MVP when they beat Atlanta? I would assume so because he scored I think a three he would, touchdowns yeah. in that game and the winning one. So I think that's there's good value there if you're a team looking for a running back. Uh, I don't think he'll cost you, the, cost you an arm and a leg. And uh, the third one is a guy that I, again, this is a tough one because he's coming off ACL, but Bud Dupree could be good value. He might, you might have to pay a little bit for him, but he's going to be worth it. I mean, the guy was, the guy was as good as JJ Watt was until he got hurt. So, you know, if you're going to spend money, big money on an outside linebacker, you might as well spend it on a guy who's just finishing his rookie contract. I mean, that's pretty good. You know, he's a he's a great outside linebacker. So those you are can lock guys. him down for a couple of years too, right? You're coming off an injury. It's a rookie contract. Yeah. It's whatever. You know, maybe they get him at a, oh, I don't say a discount, but a slight discount maybe. Yeah. Some, you know, playing the uncertainty card. Say like, we don't know how you're going to hold up. Um, I wasn't sure if you are going to ask me or not. So I made some notes and I figured I would 
look into please. where I thought some of these guys might go. Yes, or, no, please. Or a good fit. And, yes, um, I'm all ears. I got Bud Dupree uh, with the Chargers. And uh, opposite of uh, Big Bosa there. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, you know, their defense is, is coming on. Their offense is coming on. I don't know. I thought that he might be a good fit there, again, from a bookend standpoint. Because if he goes to a spot that doesn't really have a threat on the other side, then I think he's going to be neutralized fairly quickly. He's very good from a, um, a secondary um, role. So, like, a mm-hmm. TJ Watts on one side gets a lot of attention. You know, that opens things up for Bud, and he can – do that if he is he the showstopper you know by himself i don't think so so um a team like the chargers you know i think might be a good fit and the james white i got him going to the bucks uh, that's the one thing tom brady didn't have this year was a pass catching back really uh fournette's not that and uh, jones is not that um there's obviously familiarity i think the, the price point might be right but i think that brings that element uh to the offense as well that uh um, it's just another way to keep Brady off the ground. Um, mm, that's a good fit. Is uh, is getting him in the box. And the other one, which you don't have, but uh, I kind of hope that the Buffalo Bills go after a Jadavian Clowney, in my opinion. Yeah, he had a He's tough year there. last year with injury. You know, do they yep. want to? Do they want to spend a maybe take a flyer on a on a guy for a year? Well, that's. Car- I mean, those contracts are only for about a year anyway, and he's not getting the money that he initially wanted to get. So, um, but I think getting uh, um, somebody like that to uh, increase the pass rush from a, a, a bill standpoint, I think that's going to help them in the long run. And Curtis has confirmed that it was Tom Brady, of course, Tom Brady that won the yeah, MVP award, not James White in that game against Atlanta. Um, all right. We were wrong. Again. I'd like to see uh, Carlos Dunlap. I'd like to see the Bills take a flyer on Carlos. I would Dunlap. love Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, He's a Florida Seahawks guy. Put him into a Bills uni. Yeah, Dunlap Seahawks would be awesome. So, yeah, he'd be, I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, you know, the, of course, we're gonna we're gonna see some changes in the Bucks backfield. I don't think uh, they're gonna re- bring back Lashawn McCoy. I don't think Fournette's going to come back as well as he played in the Super Bowl. I think he's going to command some money, so they're going to want to s- spread their uh, their money elsewhere. So yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. I think James White's a good fit there. Uh, here's I made a sort of a semi list of of guys who I think people might overspend for, and uh, this again, this is a tough one. Aaron Jones, a good running back, but I think you know in this era of like you can replace running backs in the in the draft, and it's like you know, you know, next man up for that position. Aaron Jones might get overpaid. Um, yeah, he played behind a good offensive line, and he played with the best quarterback in football. I mean, he, he took advantage of that, I think. Good good for him. No one saw this coming when Aaron Jones was drafted. But I think he might be a guy that, you know, you might want to let the first wave of free agency pass before you dish out a bunch of money for him. Just my opinion. What do you think about Aaron Jones? Yeah, the, the thing about running backs, like you said, there's – it's changed. The game has changed. There isn't a guy who's just going to be your every down back almost. Like there's just no offense that that caters to that, with the exception of maybe Minnesota. Um, you know, Zeke used to be kind of like that. Derrick um, Henry. Derrick Henry, yeah, but Derrick Henry also uh, isn't a great pass catching back. So mm-hmm. on third and long, he's not there. You know, maybe the Saints. You know, Camara. Uh, can kind of do a lot of that stuff, but you need to have some 
some change of pace. And I just think that people may, like you said, overpay for a guy like Aaron Jones because he's had a lot of success. But he's also in a in a team that's a pass-first team. So mm -hmm. there is – or, you know, historically a pass-first team, and the passing attack is, is lethal, um, even though they only have one weapon. <laughs> And their offensive line is very good. So let's say, you know, a team like, uh, I don't know, the Bengals are going to pick up Aaron Jones and expect him to be the Aaron Jones and pay him to to be that Aaron Jones. I don't know. If, like, I just don't think he lives up to those expectations. Same. Um, so I would agree with you on that. Um, but I guess time will tell. Hopefully, again, a lot of salaries are based on what have you done. Right, that's the whole thing of what mm -hmm. have you done? What's your body of work? And he has done some very good stuff on the field, and he should be paid totally. accordingly. So, um, you know, again, from a player's perspective, I hope that he gets gets paid well. But uh, I just think they got to make sure that the expectations and the surrounding pieces are there. I think Will Fuller is another guy that comes to mind, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. He's out there, you know. How to, well, there's. Now there's a couple of big names out there. Kenny Galladay hasn't been picked up by the by the Detroit Lions. So um, there's going to be some talent out there for wide receiver needy teams. But, you know, Will Fuller will be out there. I just would spend a ton of money on a guy like Will Fuller. But, again, look, you know, you look at his numbers last year. He was really the only guy to be able to catch the ball last year in Houston after they traded away Hopkins. So, um, but, again, he's a guy. But he was on the training blocks too, theory. right? He was in the trading block. Well, so midway through you know, the season, Lord yeah. knows he's probably very unhappy with the situation now, knowing that his quarterback wants out. So who knows? Um, and then Matt Milano. Sorry, Kurt. Matt Milano, I, you know, good player, um, high IQ. But, I mean, are, are you going to break the bank for a guy like Matt, Matt Milano? I, I don't think he's coming back to Buffalo, and I don't, and I don't blame them. I think they're, they're fine at linebacker. They'll probably upgrade um, to Matt Milano. So... Um, I don't know. What do you think about these guys? Where do they end up? Did you have a list of these guys? Um, not really. Uh, Fuller is a guy that, I mean, when he was on the blocks, I thought that uh, Green Bay would be a great fit. Uh, again, any receiver, I think, is a great fit in Green Bay, and I think any receiver should want to play in Green Bay. Um, that being said, if Kenny Galladay is out there and Will Fuller is out there, I'm taking Galladay probably all day. Um, he's just monster uh, on the field. You know, he kind of has that Megatron feel and a guy that mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers can go to in, in positional type uh, routes and also for his Hail Marys if need be. But, um, you know, you got a guy like that on opposite uh, Devontae Adams. I think, that, you know, again, that just takes a whole new life if you put Rodgers with a secondary weapon outside of, of uh, Devontae Adams. So, um, you know, Will Fuller will get in somewhere. I don't really have a team that he would necessarily land with. Um, but I think somebody might get him for, um, for a pretty good price, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, unless he holds out and waits for all the other receivers to sign. And then maybe he uh, signs with somebody last second who's just desperate and uh, will pay him that. But I just think that he's, yeah, I think they might get him for a steal. Agreed. And, you know, I, uh, again, there's a lot of big names, you know, Golden Tate's still out there and there's, there's, there's names. There's going to be some big names. Teams are going to be weird. Some teams just organizational wise, they just don't spend money like the Steelers. They don't spend money in the first wave of free agency. They always wait for the second wave and, uh, and see where, what the market dictates for certain guys in certain, certain uh, positions. So 
But then, then again, you got the Baltimore Ravens type teams who, who like, okay, we need a receiver. We're going to break the bank for a guy. So, you know, it depends on an organizational philosophy. We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks before we, uh, before we move on, Brock, I did, I did want to, I just, I just want to get your opinion really quickly on how this lineup makes you feel. Oh, we're yeah. not going to, we I'm won't down. go in depth. I'm, yeah. Hey, I just want, I just want to get your leading off George Springer. Then we got Bo Bichette. Marcus Simeon, who was runner-up MVP only two and a half years ago. So the, this guy is legit. Teoscar Hernandez batting cleanup. Then you got Guerrero Jr., who I think should flip-flop with Hernandez personally. Biggio, Guriel Jr., Telez, and Jansen. That's a pretty nice lineup. It really is. Like when you put it down like that and you look at it on paper, um, I mean, it gets you excited. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. When your bench player is last year was I think your highest paid player and Grichik was one of their yeah. highest paid and uh, and he's you know your first guy off the bench you say well, okay let's what are we doing here and I mean the pitcher the rotation is is good I, I like the I, again, rotation I'm excited for it look Stephen Matz pitched uh, pitched again his ERA is zero so far this this uh, this spring I know it's spring ball and whatever it's like dummy season but. He's he's impressed, and one of the he was a guy that Jansen and Montoyo in a press conference were the most impressed of so far. The lefty, you know, he's the fifth man in your rotation. It's pretty good, pretty good. I would have liked to have seen a Molina on that list, but yeah, yeah, you know what, Jansen, I think now knows the spotlight's on him, so I think the pressure's on. I think he's going to come through. I think the kid has throughout his entire minor league career and the short time in the in the majors, he's made some progress. I think, you know, his first couple of years, he focused on catching. And now he realizes I got to hit if I want to stick around. So we'll see. We'll so see is he, what's your, again, we're not going into it. We're going to be doing Blue Jay stuff. We got a couple of guests lined up for Blue Jay Woo! specific on the uh, yeah. podcast. And TJ Burton and um, Arash Madani will come on too. And we'll be talking a bunch of Jay stuff. But um, do you think Jensen finished the season as the top catcher? Or does uh, Kirk step up his game? Oh, if we're if we're talking between just Jansen between now and, and the and end of the Kirk, season, no, I, I think Jansen is built for a longer season. I think Jansen's your your regular, and Kirk is your Kirk will supplant him uh, once every five games, so, somewhere in the, some somewhere like that. I think Kirk isn't isn't built to play every single game yet. I think he still needs some work, but uh, he's got a prototypical catcher's body, so I don't think his body will hinder him. I just don't think he's ready to play every day yet. Nobody's talking about him having to drop any weight, eh? <laughs> I, know. I don't know. Well, no. I mean, he, it works for him. The for the position, it works for him. But I, I mean, Guerrero looks good. Guerrero he does look very really good. good. Yeah, I'm really excited to see them play. So, uh, and I do like their their rotation. But I I think they will tinker with it. I think you'll see it under mover too. But Tanner Roark, it might be the X factor. Uh, we'll see how he en ends up. But uh, we got to pay another bill here. Um, so That's right. This is that? your turn. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Ken Trip Real Estate. Looking to invest in real estate and don't know where to start? Ken is an experienced investor and can show you the way. Ask Ken how to get started. Isn't that lovely? It is lovely, actually. It's kind of... A little mandolin, nice. whatever it is. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I keep All looking right. over. I got a... A live audience member today. Savina sat in 
for the show, and she's got All the, right on. the headphones, so she's listening and everything, but I keep giving the look. If it, people are wondering like what I'm looking at, that's uh, Savina sitting on the floor listening. <laughs> well, it's time for our UC bloopers of the week. We have a vintage edition and a bonus clip. Let's see what you got, B-Boy. All right, all right. The blooper <laughs> edition. So this one was your choice. <laughs> oh, oh, I got to open it. I don't know how these players are keeping a straight face. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, I'd have just skated right <clears throat> to the boards. I would have just gone, boom, I'm out of here. Hey, good on them for just going through it. You know what I mean? Like, there's, it's big. Here's what, <laughs> well, it was International Women's Day, so I was looking for a, a women's one. Okay. Uh, maybe you remember this. Oh, no. What's the twilight? Oh, no, 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 no. And, hey, I, I don't blame her for just getting off the ice. But I'm just, at I this point, this, this is, yeah, and I feel so bad for her. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I honest to God, Brock, I have a hard time watching that. I've seen that. I haven't seen it in its completion in a long time. I, it's a cringeworthy. <laughs> it is, and it, if I just again, it just pulls at my heartstrings. I'm like, oh. she screwed up. She left the ice, and you can see half of it. She just says, "You know what? The hell with it." And she gets like, "I'm going back out there. I'm gonna kill it." Oh, no, and then no. steps on the ice and just hits the deck. And the pause, the pause that she has on the ice was just like. Am I dreaming? Like this, oh. this can't be real. Um, oh, oh man. Anyway, it's uh, Mike. You're right. I'm not sure that that's a clip that celebrates National Women's Day, but um, again, I wanted to make sure that it was a oh. equal opportunity. I don't know. That was to that's tough up. to compare. I think Donnelly's looks more like a goof. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. Did you guys see the carpet, bud? Like you were the lights were on at some point. He didn't miss a beat. <laughs> didn't miss a beat. No, he didn't. You know. So what kudos to him, I guess. But uh, um, all right, we got uh, our last segment yes. of the day, which has mm-hmm. now become mm-hmm. a regular thing, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, legend or not, I have no real intro. I have no real intro for it yet. But Legend or Not by Pep Cariotti. And we're going to bring on... Curtis Fleming for this one, because you were doing the Buffalo Bills. Yes, sir. Uh, 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 <laughs> Curtis also brought up a good point uh, in the back room that uh, the singer for the Canucks who fell also lost his job recently due to being a dumbass anti-masker. <laughs> well, he, he chaired a, a, a rally for anti-masks uh, or uh, like just... I mean, you got the easiest job in the world, bud. You sing anthems. You sing the Canadian national anthem at hockey games. Just stay low profile, bud. (laughs) 
<laughs> you think that was his only gig? I don't know. Um, well, I don't know. What else would he be doing with that hair? <laughs> <laughs> that hair screams. Uh, uh, singer, do we? All right, Pep, you got. Anyway. Legendary. Or not. <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready? This is for both of you, right? So you're both going to give me an answer. All right. Now, look, I know some of these names are going to be no-brainers, but that's fine. There's going to be some that aren't no-brainers. So we'll just go through. We're going to roll through these. Okay, give me one second here while I... Uh, if it's Buffalo up. Bills, they're all legends. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. Okay. Um, can you guys see me still? Yes, eh? That's okay, correct. perfect. All right. Now, again, the criteria, these are just Buffalo Bills, their time with the Buffalo Bills. And I... As I was going through this list, a lot of these guys didn't really play anywhere else, so they were like loyal Buffalo Bills guys. But anyway, here when we go, go. When you go to the Super Bowl four times in a row, you sort of keep the the, the nucleus together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, Kyle Williams, legend, legendary. <laughs> Brock, is that your answer? I yeah, that's my you. answer. Yeah, if he's, if okay. he's a legend, I'm giving a legendary. Okay, I know it's early. Josh Allen, no, not yet. Okay. Good call. That, that would be my call on that. Daryl Talley. Legendary. <laughs> I, yeah. I think pretty much everybody from those four Super Bowls, just, just saying right now, is going to be a legend. I think. Even even so, Norwood. Steve Tasker? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Legendary. I'm just going to go ahead and skip Kelly, Bruce Smith, and Thurman Thomas and, and the Legend. juice. The juices are definitely Legendary. a legend. Otherwise, we're dead. Legendary. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, oh. Based on your description is if he returns to the city, does he get the key to the city? <laughs> 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 so if you're going by that criteria. Ah, okay. I, I'm not sure he is. Okay. So let's just assume Andre Reed, Thomas, Bruce Smith, and Jim Kelly are legends. Yes. Is, is, the, juice, is the juice a legend? Uh, yeah, good, you know what? I think, he, I think he has legendary stats, but it's just too uncomfortable to make him a legend. Mm, I like it. I like it. People are not over it, but <laughs> based on his Twitter account and whatever, I think people are willing to accept him for... I don't know, Brock. I follow him on TikTok, and people are relentless. I mean, <laughs> they are just... He is, people are relentless on this guy. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, and deservedly so because he killed two people. Anyways. But also, nobody's going to say that to him when he shows <laughs> nobody's up. Nobody's going to say that to him. Oh, you want the key? Sure. Take the key, bud. <laughs> Take the key. That's right. All right. Here we go. Now we're going to get into some uncomfortable names here. LaShawn McCoy. No. No. Good career with Buffalo. You both say no? I, I say no. no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eric Wood. All right. We want him on this show or the podcast, which I'm going to reach out to him because he does his own show. Um, I would say if, if his career wasn't cut short from that that neck injury, it would be a definite yes. Agreed. Um, I I'm not sure he could be put in that category just because of that. Doug Flutie, legendary. Yeah, I'm going to say yes as well. Yeah. Fred Jackson. I love Freddie Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I'll give him, yeah. Legendary. Lee, Lee Evans? No. I'll say no. Shane Conlon. Who? Shane Conlon. Penn State uh, linebacker, played for uh, played for Buffalo for a few years. Great, great linebacker, actually. Wh- what years did he play? 
I probably would have been mid nineties. Based on these questions, like, I'm going to say no. Yeah, right. Exactly. If you're not sure, <laughs> did he play at the same time as Arrington? Like in that kind of range? No, at he was Penn before State. That. He was before. Yeah. No. Okay. London Fletcher. Yes. Oh, yeah, I like London. Yes. Terrell. Oh, let's, no, sorry. I got to hear the uh, the clip again, Brock. Sorry. Legendary. <laughs> you <laughs> found you. the clip. <laughs> I did. That's right. Uh, Terrell Owens. Nah, not for Buffalo. Not in Buffalo. No. I Overall, as obviously one of the best, but no, it, not for Buffalo. I'm I'm gonna have too to short. Too yeah. short. Yeah. I think of him. I think Philly and and the 49ers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Drew Bledsoe. What? No. No, God, no. No. It his first couple of years there. You know, it was it was looked like he had given them hope again. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go. No, he he fizzled out pretty quickly towards the end of his oh, career. Yeah. It, it, it was like the NFL was changing, and he just wasn't ready for it. You know what I mean? Like he was just a pocket passer, and uh, yeah, I remember and, the Bills. They got rid of him. They said this guy's never going to amount to anything. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Pop. No, I don't even know who that is. Uh, outside linebacker, he played for uh, Bryce Bay too. Um, Frank Reich. <laughs> yes. Game. Yeah. Legendary hey, game. that got Not us to one of the Not, Super Bowls. You know what? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Brock. I was saying like he's he got us to a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? He like did. without him, it come back in in the NFL ever. He's legendary just because of that one game. I'd say yes. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that game is incredible. You know, he pulled off the same that same kind of uh, comeback in college. No, I didn't know that. Not aware of the that. Same, same. Uh, it was the same, I believe, deficit as well. They were down the exact same amount of of, uh, of points. So, uh, yeah, f- uh, for me, that that one game alone puts him in the stratosphere in Buffalo. Jason Peters. Oh yeah. Um, short, short term short. in Buffalo, I guess. But yeah. I would still. Where do you start in Philly? No, he started in Buffalo. He started, he started in, in Buffalo. Buffalo and went to Philly. I went to Philly, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Rock, you give me a yes? I'm Let's giving him a yes. Gary. He's one of my favorite alliance, too. And, again, he was undrafted, I think, and you know made the team and then was a pro bowler with, with the Buffalo. I don't know. The story was captivating at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then he went on to – have that great career but his time in buffalo wasn't like uh uh wasn't bad by any means and that really sort of catapulted him to to who he is today sure ryan fitzpatrick no yeah i don't think fitzpatrick is legendary period right now travis henry travis henry the old Tennessee volunteer. I thought that he was going to be like a Derrick Henry kind of rusher. Like that's mm-hmm. that big bruiser, you know, quick. I would say not legendary from that yeah, standpoint yeah, anyway. Yet, but uh, I really liked him in his, his time in Buffalo, but uh, no. Mario Williams? No. No. Oh, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> uh, I think Lynch. Is too short. Yeah. Lynch is just legendary, like. Overall, he's just legendary. His personality, his everything. Uh, even his time in Buffalo was probably legendary from, you know, the, the commercials where he's at David Buster's all the time and he's this and that. And he's just so uh, – there's something about Marshawn Lynch that 
Yeah, again, if it's a key to the city, Buffalo will give him the key to the city. If he comes back and, like, you know, comes back as a Buffalo Bill alum and, like, supports that, I think they give him the key to the city. Anyway, um, I like uh, Marshawn Legendary. He wanted out of Buffalo. He was chirping Buffalo. He had no night I'm just saying. Well, yeah, he's at Dave and Buster's. That's his big thing. You Dave and Buster's. City after that? <laughs> I mean, okay. everybody in Buffalo was like, yeah, yeah you're right. Well, there's nothing to do here. True. <laughs> Scott Norwood. Curtis, you already said he was legendary. Great yeah, kicker. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a great kicker. He answered. He, he, you know, even after that missed field goal, he stood up. He took yep. the questions. He took it like a man. Uh, he doesn't shy away from the camera. He even did, like, follow-ups and documentaries and stuff like that. Just a, a good character guy. And, uh, you know, you, you feel bad f- for him at this point. But, uh, yeah, he had a good career. And, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate that that uh, played out the way it did. So you're saying yes? I'm saying yes. Rafe I'm saying yes. from that team almost, yeah. Legendary. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I have you ever got, have you guys seen the thirty for thirty when they do the four years of Buffalo? They analyze the the four years. He's he's a big part of the first one, obviously. And uh, sad, it's sad, man. Like I mean, they were they were talking about how he was missing that kick and warm ups at the same distance, and they, he was they were uncomfortable, but they didn't get enough yards in that like, one of the last plays. And uh, yeah, it was just a whole. But you talk to people and you. They don't remember it was a 47-yarder. It's, it's not a gimme at that point. A lot of people are surprised no. to see that number. You know, they think it was like a 35-yard field goal, yeah. chip shot. This was it was uh, it was a lot high pressure. 47 yards is no joke, and uh, a lot of a lot of kickers would have missed that. Yeah, and you know, back what? in was, that day, in 50 the... yards was a feat. You know what yes. I mean? So absolutely. I mean, there was a guy. There was a guy kicking for for um, I believe it was the Giants who kicked barefoot that year. I mean, there was kicking has has come a long way. Like these guys are kicking at midfield now, but like that was not a gimme at all. And he and he hadn't kicked well on grass all year. So there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff there. Uh, I'm gonna and I'll end it with this, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You got to at least get it to the Super Bowl as the coach to get a. All right. You're, any Rob, coach is. Yeah, no. But it's I'm, not. I'm surprised you even say Marv Levy. You didn't even. Yeah, I'm like, you well, got to live I mean, up to Marv Levy before anything even comes close. Marv Levy's a legendary one. human being. Yeah. Mar- Marv Levy, still, he's over 100 years old now. He still runs 30 minutes a day. Well, he does a. He, he calls it a run walk where he, he'll sort of jog again. You have to put it in perspective for 30 seconds and then run for five minutes or walk for five minutes. And he'll do that repeatedly until 30 minutes are over at his current age, which I think is just awesome. And he is a quote machine. Marv Levy is an all world legend, not just Buffalo bills. So, I mean, yeah, sorry. I forgot to put him on the list, but I love Marv Levy. I can listen to that guy talk all day. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, McDermott is a no. McDermott's a no. Probably. <laughs> He's got the time no. to do it. Okay. <laughs> he went to the Super Bowl. He's in there. He's in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Enemy takes the Super Bowl wins that. For sure. You got it. And there you have it, folks. That's the end of our legend or not. We'll see if anybody agrees. I need. We need some background music next time. I'm going to play. I should have had the Buffalo Bills, like, Mafia song, whatever. They have a Mafia well, song? Well, not the Mafia song. The Buffalo Bills, uh, make me want to shout and put that in the background or something. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I should have had that in the background while we were doing this. Um. All right. You got anything that you want to wrap up with, Pep? I got a going out song, but uh... you know what, guys? Uh, it's it's it's. We're, I'm loving this. Um, I hope that our listeners are enjoying it too. This is so much fun, 
And uh, I love talking sports, and I feel like an hour goes by so quickly. But uh, if anybody has any questions or they want to jump on the show, it's as easy as what Kurt's doing. Kurt's in his living room. He's looking good. He's got his new mic. Um, he's all set. If you want to jump on and have a chat with us for five or ten minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, if, uh, if it's a topic that we all agree on, you know, let us know. Or keep commenting during our show, and uh, we enjoy the banners that fly up across. Uh, you know, sometimes we get a little distracted by it, but we're excited to read what, what you have to say. So, anyway, that's all, that's I'd like to end the show on that on from my end, anyways. No, I agree. I think well, Curtis, you, you know, got something to say. Uh, sorry, speaking of uh, International Women's Day, you guys have not had a woman guest yet, have you? We have not. Hmm, that's something you guys should aim to do. Maybe some some ladies out there listening can. Come on the show and give their opinions and whatnot. Why did your voice get super low? Any ladies out there that? uh, I'll just just leave now. (laughs) Kurt's always forward thinking, eh? Always for science and innovation. It's he's he's an innovator. He's a scientist. No, you're absolutely right. And if there are any females out there who want to contribute to the show and. uh, you know, talk about your sport or whatever. Yeah, we're all ears. We'd love to have you on. You know what we should do? We should get... So next week, we're going to be talking about uh, youth refereeing, hockey refereeing, the state of refereeing, the the new policies that Hockey Canada have been put into place. And, and uh, there's like an oath that uh, people are asked to take to about respecting refs. And so we got a, a young referee, Seamus, who's going to come on and chat with us next week. He's uh, Scott and Leanne's nephew, who's, uh, you know, was younger and, and refed in, in the Canada area. Uh, I believe Ken Tasker will join us next week as well. And he has a buddy who's an ECHL and AHL referee who will also bring up his point. Uh, but maybe there's, um, you know, a hockey mom that might want to come on that we know who uh, is opinionated on some of that and maybe some stories of other parents that, uh, anyway, we can discuss that, but uh, we can definitely, uh, we definitely need to get a woman on and get uh, their point of view in terms of something. So let's, uh, you know, hockey moms, any sort of sports, Whatever you want, reach out to Curtis. That's uh, K Dog Fleming at uh, no. <laughs> reach out to us, and uh, yeah, we're open. We're we love talking about a variety of things. So if you are passionate about something and want to bring it up and think that we should be discussing something, by all means, reach out to us. Love to have you on and uh, keep the conversations going. That being said, it was International Women's Day. Uh, Apple TV released a documentary. Uh, on Billie Eilish. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was it was very well done. Watched it with the kids. Uh, called The World is a Little Blurry. Um, and uh, we're going to go out to a Billie Eilish song today. Anything else? We're going. Let's go. See you next week, folks.
Yeah, but now it's over. You can come in. 